Texas may have a QB competition on their hands after all. It is Friday, March 10th. This is the College Football Daily. I am Lance Glenn. It was long believed that with Arch Manning coming in and Texas already having Quinn Ewers, Arch would redshirt the 2023 season and take over in 2024 when Quinn goes to the NFL. But based off what Steve Sarkeesian said a few days ago, that might not necessarily be the case. We may have a QB competition in Austin after all. And joining me to discuss this potential battle is Taylor Estes, the managing editor of Horns 247. Taylor, how are you? Thanks so much for joining me. Really appreciate the time. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Lance. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Like I told you, I'm uh, in the middle of uh, battling my workday while also battling uh, Rutgers playing Michigan right now in the Big Ten tournament with a team uh, on the bubble. You don't have to worry about that, obviously, with Texas. Texas seems to be uh, firmly into the NCAA tournament field, but uh, my Scarlet Knights, unfortunately, right now on the bubble, sort of needing needing a win and things not going too well. But nevertheless, that's not why we're here. We're not here to talk about NCAA tournament basketball as much as we love it. Obviously, a QB battle may or may not be brewing in Austin. Of course, Quinn Ewers, the incumbent starter, Arch Manning, the top player in the class of 2023 coming in. And a few days ago with spring practice starting, Steve Sarkeesian came out and said that everything's open right now, that he wants to see how far Arch can take this and what it'll look like. So just off comments alone, one could kind of come away thinking like Arch will at least have a chance to compete for the starting job. But with spring practice still in its infancy, is there a legit QB competition going on? Or is this pretty much just all coach speak so that things remain competitive? I really think at this point, it's coach speak. I mean, you know, Steve Sarkeesian was asked straight up if the quarterback position is open or if it's Quinn's job. And, you know, he gave the coach speak answer of every position is open right now. Um, I think that was expected. The thing that I feel like everybody is grabbing onto was when he was talking about it, he did say that, you know, I don't want to hold Arch back. I want to see how far he can take this thing and what it can look like. It seems like national headlines, they grabbed a hold of that quote and totally ignored what Steve Sarkeesian said leading up to that quote. And it was that, you know, he he is more focused on each guy focusing on what they need to do to develop to be the best player that they can be. And then said, Quinn has an entire year of a head start, you know, but I don't want to hold Arch back. So, you know, I feel like the quote may have been taken a little bit out of context. I think everybody that was in the room and heard Steve Sarkeesian make these comments probably took away that it's definitely Quinn's job and he's got to kind of give us a coach speak answer that every position is open. Now, I think, you know, if Arch does really make this a battle, then that's only the, that's like the best you know case scenario I would say for Texas you know for Arch to to push Quinn and um you know Quinn's a really elite competitor he he's really focused it seems like you know he's um he's definitely mature beyond his years even was last season as a true freshman or excuse me a redshirt freshman I always say true freshman because he pretty much was but um. You know, I think that he he's open for this competition or in having anybody compete with him. But it's definitely Quinn's job right now, his job to lose. And I think it's probably going to continue to be that way. Absolutely. It would be in Texas best interest for Arch to push Quinn. Obviously, you know, uh, that competition drives success and, and you want the best uh, at whoever is at quarterback for the Longhorns. But with Arch Manning's presence now in that quarterback room and whether these comments were legit or whether they were just 
coach speak. How much pressure just in the Austin area and with the Texas fan base is there on Quinn? Because again, it was a, a step in the right direction for Texas last year based off of uh, year one under Steve Sarkeesian to year two. But obviously there's still more to be desired from that fan base. So how much pressure is on Quinn Ewer's shoulders with, again, Arch just kind of lurking in the background? Yeah, I definitely think there is pressure on Quinn. And I think that he's open for it, to be honest. I mean, I really think, you know, Quinn Ewers is a guy that did grow up in the state of Texas. He's a guy that grew up a Texas fan. He understands that there are very high expectations for the University of Texas football program. And a lot of the expectations fall on the starting quarterback. And he fully understands that growing up around it, um, wanting to be a Longhorn, you know. Uh, so I think I think he's really embracing the competition and embracing, honestly, the pressure, you know, and talking with Quinn Ewers as the season wore on in 2022, he was a guy that he he's very open with the work that he needed to do, the development that he needed to make and the the steps that he really needed to take in this off season. And it was interesting to hear a kid that, you know, was maybe 18, 19 years old, admit that he thought, you know, after that Oklahoma game, he thought that he had everything figured out and then went through kind of the up and down ladder half of the season. And that he learned a lot about the fact that, you know, you have to put in the extra work, both in the, the film room, practice reps, everything, you name it. And when Arch Manning, everything that we heard when Arch Manning did come in as an early enrollee in winter conditioning, you know, he's a Manning. He knows how to prepare. He knows what it takes to really be the best quarterback that you can be. And I think that Quinn seeing a true freshman come in like that and be so mature, so in the film, you know, in the playbook, learning it from, you know, day one, I think that really showed Quinn like, okay, this guy's legit. I've got to, you know, take that next step too. And so, you know, I think he's fully embraced the pressure. There's no doubt though that it is on him and, it, and it's on Steve Sarkeesian too. I mean, you, I think if you're a Texas fan, you want to see substantial improvement by year three of a coach um, being on the job. And after Texas showed, you know, obviously year one, five and seven, then they won eight eight games, they were in a position to potentially, you know, compete for the Big 12 title didn't come through. But I think that the pressure, while it's definitely on Quinn, it's for sure on Steve Sarkeesian. I think this might be kind of a Big 12 title run season or bust for for Sark and your fate. How from what you've heard or what you've seen, and obviously, you know, you mentioned his background of being a Manning, that he uh, could potentially be more advanced coming into college than other quarterbacks uh, in the past. How far along do you know Arch is, you know, is is he pretty advanced for coming in as a as a true freshman into a, a Texas offense? I mean, I think so. I think it's a little bit early right now. You know, we've only been able to see a very uh, small glimpse of the two spring practices that Texas has had this first week. But you know, you know, Steve Sarkeesian talked about it after the first day. You know that there are some throws that he can make, and and then in the first practice too, he said there's probably some balls that he wish that you know. Arch wishes he could take back, you know, and so I think you're you're seeing that a little bit. Um, when we were at practice on Wednesday, I would say the quarterbacks weren't great. I think Arch had kind of a day two uh, of practice slump a little bit from from the window that we were able to see. But you know, I do think that he's definitely really mature. I would say him and Quinn are kind of similar in that in that uh, stance that they're both very mature beyond their years, and they were especially coming out of high school, coming or, you know, Quinn coming in as a transfer from Ohio State. But I would say their their personalities are actually kind of uniquely similar. And they're also the type of guys that they just want to play football. They're not ones that are going to be out partying, um, you know, in the wee hours of the morning in downtown Austin or anything like that. They're all about football and uh, their focus is there. So I would say that Arch, you know, 
from a from you know the things he does off the field is definitely elite and ahead of what you would probably expect for an early enrollee true freshman quarterback. But he's going to have some ups and downs in practice like any true freshman would have. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. When it comes to seeing Arch, if Quinn is having a successful season, is the plan or is there a plan at all, first and foremost? And if there is, is it to redshirt Arch to not really include him in any uh, special packages or, or or any meaningful game time? Is it really just to to let him watch from the sidelines and, and maybe just get in in garbage time here and there? Yeah, I think that's that's what the Manning family really envisioned for him. And, you know, I think that's been the expectation now. You know, he's not going to, I don't think he's a guy that's going to come out and openly say, like, I don't want to play at all. If Sark has to rely on Arch Manning at some point in the 2023 season, he's going to rely on him. But, um, you know, we heard all throughout the recruiting process that Arch really wanted to take his time and really, you know, learning the college game. You know, he, he may be a Manning, he may know exactly what it takes, but you look back at some of the you know competition he faced in high school, it's night and day different than when he's going to be facing at the college level. Um, but the Manning camp, from everything we had heard, if they had the ideal situation, it would be for Arch Manning to redshirt this year. And I, I agree with you. I think that would be honestly the ideal situation for Texas in general, that Quinn Ewers can, you know, take this job and run with it and lead the team and take that next step from year one to year two, that usually more times than not is the biggest leap that you'll see from a college quarterback from their first year starting to their second year starting. And I think he's, you know, Quinn's taking that really seriously. Now, the one guy that nobody's really talking much about right now is Malik Murphy, who technically would be the second string quarterback behind Quinn Ewers. Um, Steve Sarkeesian, all but said that coming after or after that first spring practice, he essentially said, you know, Arch is getting the second team reps because Malik Murphy is still um, nursing a foot injury a little bit that he actually suffered in high school. Sark was kind of vague with all of the details of why it's taking so long now because it's over a year that he's been kind of nursing that ankle injury that or the foot injury, excuse me, that he did have. But he did say they're being mindful with him with that. So you know, if Malik Murphy can get back into the mix, I wouldn't be surprised if Arch actually moves to the third, you know, quarterback reps in, in the spring practice lineup. But we just don't know what the status is right now or the return from Malik Murphy is. You bring up an interesting point there because Malik Murphy has really been the forgotten man out of all this, right? You bring in Quinn Ewers. Malik Murphy himself was one of the top quarterbacks in the nation. It's not like this is some, for lack of better words, uh, low-level player, I guess I should right. say, that was just kind of brought in for depth. Like Qu- Malik Murphy is a, is a really good quarterback and was a really good uh, really good high school quarterback out of the state of California. Where does he kind of fit into all this? Because it just seems like with Quinn and then Arch after Quinn, there's a natural transition there. But but then here's Malik Murphy. I'm I'm sure he's going to want to have a say in who Texas's quarterback of the future is. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know he is a guy that is while like you know his first year he was a redshirt early enrollee. Some people are wondering if it was a wasted year. I don't necessarily think so because Malik Murphy was able to learn the playbook, learn what it took for you know kind of watch. Quinn 
when you were go through some of the ups and downs of being a starting quarterback at a young age. Uh, he, yeah, and you're right. Malik Murphy is a really talented guy. I mean, I think he was he was a top 24-7 prospect coming out of California. I believe he was the number 12 rated quarterback in the 2022 recruiting class, number 13 player in the state of California. And obviously California is a very football rich, talented, you know, football talented, rich state there. So um, he he's no scrub by any means. And I think that he's fully invested from everything we've heard. He's a guy that really enjoys being at Texas and really wants to be at Texas. So there's been no indication, you know, I'll probably eat my words one of these days by saying this, but there's been no indication at this point that he, you know, if he is battling with Arch for second team reps or anything that he may enter the transfer portal or anything like that. It doesn't seem like he is even on the cusp of that at this point. He's fully bought in. And I think it's been probably a little frustrating for him that he hasn't been healthy because he wants to you know, take that next step. And he wants to kind of compete with Quinn too. So, you know, it's gonna be interesting to see again, Sark has been pretty vague when talking about his, you know, foot injury and why it's taking this long to kind of come back from it. But um, he's definitely a guy to watch. And honestly, entering spring, uh, before we knew that he was still battling that or dealing with that injury, he was a player that I would say I was looking to I was excited to kind of look to see what he was because we have not been able to see it yet. But I really do think that he's going to be a guy that will be a quality, you know, even if it's second string to behind Quinn Ewers. But I don't necessarily think that just because, you know, if if Quinn has a great year and, you know, goes to the NFL or something like that, then all of a sudden it's automatically Arch Manning's job. I think there would still be a battle between Malik Murphy and Arch Manning at that point. Yeah, again, Malik Murphy, sort of the forgotten man out of this whole Quinn to potentially Arch uh, transition. Definitely going to want to have a say uh, if Quinn decides to go to the NFL uh, after this season. Taylor, I'll let you go on this one. Obviously, with a quarterback, so much of what they can do depends on the weapons around them. And, and Texas made an effort this offseason so far to uh, bolster the receiving core uh, around uh, whether it's Quinn Ewers or Arch Manning or Malik Murphy, whoever's the quarterback. Do you think they've done enough with the addition of A.D. Mitchell? I believe getting Isaiah Nayer back, you can correct me if I'm wrong too. Uh, and Xavier Worthy, obviously, still with the team as well. Do you think they've done enough uh, on offense and the other pieces to make things easier for whoever the quarterback is starting next year? Yeah, I think the wide receiver room, you know, it was a liability for Texas last year after Isaiah Nayer went down with uh, the ACL season ending injury in the after the first scrimmage, I believe it was a fall camp. But you know, he he's working to get back. He's still not 100%. He's not going through practice right now. You know, ACLs can be what around nine to 12 months, sometimes it could take for people to get back. But Steve Sarkeesian has said that he's progressed really well. The addition of AD Mitchell was huge for Texas, absolutely huge. And I think, um, you know, Jonte Cook, the true freshman early enrollee, five star wide receiver coming in, he's a guy that I think could really see substantial reps if he continues, you know, kind Kind of progressing the way he is. He's looked really good in the first two practices of spring so far. It's early, obviously, and he's a true freshman. I'm not saying he's like going to be an All-American or anything like that, but I do think that the additions they have put into the receiving room, not only is going to help the passing game and everything, but I really think it's going to also take the pressure, some of the pressure off Xavier Worthy, because really Xavier Worthy was the only true like deep threat option that Texas had last season. Steve Sarkeesian actually said after the first spring practice that he was battling, he had a broken bone in his hand for the second part of the 2022 season, but he was still the best option in Sark's mind of being kind of that deep ball threat receiver. Now that Texas has more big bigger bodies, Isaiah Nair, you know, assuming he does come back and kind of continues where he left off from fall camp last year, because he was a guy that was an immediate impact type of player for Texas throughout the offseason. 
I think those two can be really crucial in just helping there not only be one receiving threat really or a deep ball threat, because those are guys that could be the the 50-50 ball guys. You know, the the jump ball type of receivers are bigger bodies. Isaiah Nair is a little bit smaller. And so I think that overall, I would say that the receiving core, even though there's a lot of the same people that are returning to it, it's going to be a much more elite group this season. Yeah. So often a quarterback is only as good as as the weapons around him. And it's important to have those multiple threats uh, to throw to as opposed to as opposed to just one that Texas sort of had last year. Make sure to follow Taylor on Twitter at TaylorSThis247 and check out Horns247.com for the best Texas coverage out there. Taylor, thanks so much for joining me. Remember to give us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. And of course, head on over to the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel and click that subscribe button as well. So for Taylor Estes, I am Lance Glenn. Thanks for listening to the College Football Daily.